you're listening to Time in the Word. We read in Revelation 13, 11 through 12, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and compels the earth and those who live on it to worship the first beast, whose fatal wound was healed. There's a second beast mentioned in Revelation, the third member of the evil trio who is subservient to the first beast, the Antichrist. He is also called the false prophet. The name false prophet clearly indicates that he will be the leading religious figure during the tribulation whose activities are religious in nature. He will be capable of working signs, which will be important in deceiving the unbelieving world into worshiping the Antichrist. In part three of his study on the key figures in the tribulation, Dr. Gonzalez will wrap up his discussion about the false prophet and begin looking at the 144,000 Jews from the 12 tribes of Israel. As God ministers to you through this series of studies and as you experience God's love and grace in your own life, share this podcast with others so that they too may be blessed by God's word and his amazing grace. Let us listen as Dr. Gonzalez continues his study on end times prophecy. Father, we thank you for this time of study. We thank you for the hope that we have because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came into this world to seek and save the lost. We thank you that you are willing uh, and you desire for all to come to the saving knowledge of the truth so that uh, we may all spend eternity with you in a place called heaven. For it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, again, uh, last week we started looking at the false prophet, and uh, we were uh, explaining that the false prophet's role in the tribulation period is going to be essentially as the religious uh, uh, figure. He will head up the church of the tribulation period. And when I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking about those who are related or are in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I am talking about those who practice religion. Religion will be alive and well during the tribulation period. It will thrive. In fact, uh, there will be worldwide adoration and worship of the Antichrist because of the many things that the that the uh, false prophet does on behalf of Antichrist and worldwide adoration and worship of Satan. Of course, we do know that there will be uh, people who are related to Jesus Christ have been saved by faith uh, uh, through grace in Christ alone during the tribulation period because there will be those who God has called to proclaim the gospel during the tribulation period who have been saved and will be called to be evangelists during that time since the church has been raptured prior to the beginning of the tribulation. So again, the false prophet's job, and this is, this is, this is the one who will uh, head up the, the apostate church. This is the one who will head up the church who is in bed uh, and is uh, with Antichrist and in fact is referred to in scripture as a whore, a prostitute. In fact, the mother of prostitutes uh, will be led up by the false prophet. He will make sure that religion thrives during this time, but of course a religion that will be responsible for leading the multitudes to hell, not unlike religion 
uh, in the 21st century and religion throughout human history. Religion has never been able to accomplish uh, what it has sought out to accomplish because, because religion is man attempting to reach God through his own uh, ways uh, in his own way rather than allowing God to reach out to man since we're incapable of reaching out to God. Uh, going back to, there's another passage I wanted to read. We kind of left off um, by looking at a couple of passages in Revelation, but I want to look at a passage in Malachi chapter 4 and verses 5 through 6. In that book, uh, it says this, Remember the law of my servant Moses. Uh, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord, uh, of the Lord uh, comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the heart of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Uh, without a doubt, the false prophet uh, will be performing these miracles to use as evidence to convince the people of the world uh, that he is this Elijah of whom it's spoken of in Malachi. Uh, and of course we know that he will be a fraud, but nonetheless his words and his miracles and uh, will indeed cause millions to believe and bow down to Antichrist and uh, to Satan uh, who will uh, promote Antichrist and give him all the power and authority that he has. Uh, during the last half of the tribulation, uh, uh, the focus is going to be on the temple in Jerusalem. Um, Paul Benware, in his excellent work uh, entitled Understanding End Times Prophecy, wrote this, uh, where the image of Antichrist, and, and again the reference going back to the fact that there's going to be such emphasis or focus on the temple in Jerusalem, he says, where the image of Antichrist, uh, and he's speaking of the abomination of desolation, is set up and worshipped. The false prophet, with uh, his use of miracles and wonders, leads the world in worshipping the image of the Antichrist and kills those who do not do so. His power will come from Satan, and his authority will be delegated to him from the Antichrist. The evidence from Revelation 13 is that economics and religion will be inseparably linked together during this time. Those who refuse to worship the Antichrist not only face death, but will not receive the mark of the beast, which is essential for any buying or selling. In fact, in, in, in Revelation chapter 13, which he's making reference to in verses 13 to 15, listen to what the Bible says. Uh, again, in, in, and he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. Because of these signs, he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast. He deceived the inhabitants of the earth. He ordered them to set up an image in honor of uh, the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. Uh, and in verse uh, uh, 16 he says, 
He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive the mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, let me, let me uh, just uh, speak of a few current uh, affairs or, or, or uh, things going on in the world today that certainly allow us to understand how this is all going to come together. Uh, let's speak a little bit about the ecumenical movement and the ecumenical church. We find today many proponents of a number of different religions who insist that in spite of the differences that exist theologically between the religions in the world, we ought to work together to somehow bring ourselves uh, into some form of relationship in which we are regarded as a religious body. And we have certainly seen many religions or many uh, uh, individuals of particular religions where they are willing to even dismiss some of those distinctives, those things that separate them theologically from other individuals in order to bring about this ecumenical church. Well, we, we, we certainly see that during the tribulation period, I don't doubt that there's probably going to be other belief systems in, 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 in play during that time, but certainly there will be a single religion which will be headed by this uh, false prophet that will be the religion uh, that people either submit to voluntarily or un, uh, involuntarily. Uh, and it's going to be a religion that... Uh, deceives people and, and, and eventually seeks to ultimately lead these individuals uh, to hell. We certainly can see uh, the coming together of this apostate religion. In fact, I, I often wonder if, if uh, as I think of evangelical Christians and I think of Christianity as a whole around the world today, uh, you know, apostasy is one of those things that seems to characterize uh, Christianity today. We see so many within the within Christendom who are willing to give up or compromise the essential doctrines, the fundamental doctrines of the faith, in order to be politically correct or in order to develop better relationship with people of other religions. Listen, uh, uh, to me this is nothing more than, 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 than the stages being set for the events that are to transpire during the days of the tribulation. Listen, it does I do the world no good. And please understand this because uh, I regard myself, of course, as a conservative Christian. I hold to the historical doctrines, the orthodox, do uh, orthodox doctrines as taught uh, traditionally by the church. And, and, and I would not be doing the world a favor if I compromise or give up on those doctrines that are essential or fundamental uh, to the faith. In fact, if I become a politically correct Christian, 
and quit, quit using words like hell or sin or repentance in order not to offend anybody, trust me when I tell you that I am not doing you, if you're not in a relationship with Christ, any favors. If I truly love my fellow man, it is my responsibility to make sure that I remain faithful to the Lord Jesus and to His Word, so that I may proclaim and propagate and preach an unadulterated gospel so that those who hear it and respond to it may be truly saved. Listen, if you respond to the message preached by a preacher, but the message he preached was not the gospel of Christ, that salvation is no salvation at all. In fact, Paul emphasized in the epistle to the Galatians that anybody proclaiming any other gospel is a proclaiming a gospel that has no power to truly save you. Listen, you need to make sure that the church that you attend is a Bible teaching and preaching church and that it's a church that exalts Christ as the object of its faith. If you go to a church that just simply makes you feel good because it never presents a message that convicts you, I would caution you to take what those preachers are preaching and compare them to the Word of God. It doesn't do you any good to feel that you're making points with God just for attending a church that makes you feel good if at the end of the day when you die it will have done nothing for you but guaranteed you a place in hell. And that is the task of the false prophet during the tribulation period as it is the task of Satan in our current period. Satan, Satan's business is to fill to capacity hell with those that he will deceive and has deceived throughout history. Take evolution. A doctrine from the pit of hell that millions from around the world have embraced as true. A doctrine that if believed and accepted and lived out will guarantee individuals a place in hell. Because if evolution is true, then I am nothing more than I'm the result of nothing more than chance. I am not created by an intelligent creator. I don't have one to whom I will be held accountable to one day. I can do whatever I want and when I die it's all over. The truth of the matter is that that is nothing more than a doctrine from the pit of hell. Anyway, uh, we know that at the end of the tribulation period both Antichrist and the false prophet will have been defeated and forever and ever been thrown into the lake of sulfur. Another uh, group that will be prominent during the tribulation period is the 144,000. Now there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding about this uh, by many people out there in the world. Uh, there are certain uh, um, pseudo-Christian uh, uh, cults that teach that 144,000 are, you know, uh, uh, 
individuals who are in existence today and only 144,000 will go to heaven and that the rest of them will not and they will uh, have to live out their, their eternity here. And it, it, it's all, let's see what the Bible has to say about the 144,000. Now during the tribulation period, remember, the, the church has been raptured prior to the beginning of the tribulation period. So there are no Christians, no believers in the Lord Jesus Christ entering the tribulation. Anybody left behind was left behind because he was never in a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And let me tell you this, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that there will be many church-going folk that will not be caught up in the air to meet the Lord Jesus because they were never His. Even though they've been attending church Sunday after Sunday for years, many will be left behind. They're not believers according to the Word of God. But anyway, during the tribulation period, there are a number of individuals, in this particular case 144,000, who will come to faith during the tribulation and who will be called by God to be the evangelists of the world during the tribulation period. God does not abandon the world during the tribulation period. He does not abandon the inhabitants of the world during the tribulation period. He will still continue to work and provide salvation to those who are willing to believe. Look at what Revelation chapter 7 verses 1 through 4 say. After this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or the sea or any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. And then further down in the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verses 4 through 5, it says this, These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they kept themselves pure. They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They were purchased from among men and offered as firstfruits to God and the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. This is a reference to those 144,000 of God, uh, individuals called by God and sealed by God, protected by God to carry out their ministry. Now, in those two passages of Scripture we looked at, uh, Revelation 7, 1 through 8, and 14, 4 through 5, we find uh, several characteristics about, about, about uh, the 144,000. First of all, we know that they are Jews. 
How do we know that? Well, according to Revelation chapter 7, they come from all the tribes of Israel. 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes, uh, which makes up the 144,000. So we know that they're Jews. Secondly, we know that they will be servants of God. These are individuals who have entered into a personal relationship with Jesus. These are individuals who were saved after the rapture during the tribulation period and who have been called to God to be the world's evangelists and they will be sealed and protected by God in order that they may be able to carry out the ministry they have been called. In fact, Jesus said that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come, Matthew twenty-four fourteen. And we know that their ministry will produce much fruit because we know, according to Revelation 7, 9 through 17, that many will be saved during uh, the tribulation as a result of their ministry. Thirdly, they will be protected. In verse 3 of that chapter that we looked at, uh, it tells us that the angels are told not to harm anything until the 144,000 servants of God have been sealed. They will not be harmed either by the judgments of God, nor will they be harmed by the wrath that Satan unleashes uh, on, the, on, on the people of God. In fact, David Jeremiah writes this, they are sealed because of God's promise. They will enter the kingdom uh, at the end of the tribulation to reign with Christ and His glorified church. They are kept from harm during the tribulation so that they might be alive when the millennium begins, thus fulfilling God's covenant promises to His people. Now, let me say this in order to put things into perspective. Prior to the beginning of the tribulation, the church of Jesus Christ will be raptured. The church age will end. The parenthesis that was opened at Pentecost will be closed at the rapture. And God, having set aside the Jews in order to focus on the church, will now refocus himself back onto the Jews. And we, in a previous message, we highlighted the fact that one of the purposes for the tribulation is God disciplining Israel for the rejection of the Messiah and preparing Israel for the for the coming king and the coming kingdom okay so once the church has been raptured there is no person left on planet earth who is in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ all of them have gone they are at the judgment seat of Christ and they're at the marriage of the lamb and at the end of the tribulation they come down with Christ in order to set up the millennium kingdom so all those who are left behind after the rapture are individuals who have rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior but we know based on what we've seen so far about the hundred and forty four thousand we know that at some point during the beginning of the tribulation these people come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ they trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And as a result, uh, they're the ones who will play the role of evangelists in the world during the tribulation, and they will bear much fruit. For the Bible tells us that many will come to faith as a result of their 
uh, their ministry. And we know that God will protect them, not only from the judgments that he will bring upon the earth himself, uh, but he will protect them from the wrath that Satan will unleash against uh, God's people during that time. Um, we will have to probably come to an end right here on this particular lesson, but it's not the end of the 144,000. We will continue speaking uh, about the 144,000 uh, in our next lesson, and then we'll look at two more individuals who pay, pay, play a significant role uh, during the tribulation, and that should close our session or our study on the key uh, 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 characters during the tribulation period. Father, we thank you for this time. We give you all the praise and glory uh, for you indeed are our God, our Lord, and our Savior. For it is in his name we pray. Amen.